0: yeah hey hey uh good morning and uh welcome over 50 starting over it is friday january 14th 2022 and i'm still barry edwards
1: and i'm merle garrison how Uh, are you today merle i
0: see a few boxes and yeah 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 discombobulation going on by yeah,
1: I really do uh fortunately I I know where shelves. a few things are but yeah yeah this thing this thing is happening man the studio uh, is starting to come down uh, high atop Woodland Hills California and uh getting ready for the move to Arizona
0: do you have your office already planned out
1: Uh, yeah, I know, I know where it's going to be in the house and, uh, we're going to see it's how, how the architecture works out on this whole thing, but, uh, I'm going to try to keep the same kind of look, but we'll see, we'll see how it works out. Best laid plans on that whole thing, but I'm excited about it. Uh, it is a, uh, since we're in Arizona, most of those houses out there are ranch style houses, which is the type of house that I'm moving into. So Um, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different look and feel Mm -hmm. and, you know, so yeah, looking forward to that. But in the meantime, lots of boxing up stuff Uh, and, uh, just, you know, well, it, it, it's hard and (laughs) I think it's a lot easier to unbox things than it is to box things. It's like, it's like putting together a puzzle with every box and, and also, I don't want things to break either so it's like hmm, does it go this way does it go that way I
0: think the worst part is that you got endless endless minor I don't want to say minor but endless endless decisions to make while you're boxing that's Uh, right can I keep this should I keep this yes and then the Uh, the tug at the heart continuously about throwing all these little things out, you know? Yeah. No, unboxing is a piece of cake in comparison.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, and you're right too. There's so many things that uh, I've come across that I haven't seen in so long. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. Here, here's one of them right here. Uh, this is a, uh, a bulletin that came out from Ohio bell when my dad worked there, this was, uh, him, this is my dad here shaking hands with the vice president of the Communication Workers of America back in 1992. They just finished a long and laborious uh, contract negotiation for the, for the uh, communication workers of, of Ohio Bell. My dad was the vice president of uh, personnel there, so he was in charge of this. This was highly publicized. It was on television. Um, it was on the news uh, all summer long. This is on September 23rd, 1992. And, uh, this was the second big negotiation that he had had in the last uh, three years. He'd had one in, 89 uh, as well. And I'm telling you this, uh, this was a big deal for him. This is him at the pinnacle of his career right here. Now, um, He announced his retirement right after this might have been the day after this, uh, he was going into retirement, he was 55 years old, He gave me a call to let me know about this I was awfully proud of him he was looking at starting a new business and asked me if I would want to be a part of that of course I said yes, Uh, about two and a half weeks later he had a heart attack and he died. But I look at this picture here of him. I'm the exact same age as him right there.
0: Yeah, I know crazy stuff. It's so unfair it's so unfair it it it? is unfair but at the same
1: time barry we talked about this uh last week and we talked about regrets and Mm. you know my father was very competitive he was uh very ambitious he was uh you know but this job really took a toll on him and you could see as he went through these contract negotiations that it was it just took the it was like uh a new battery that you put into uh, into anything and then into a flashlight and you got a real bright light. But after you go through a night, a a weekend of camping uh, at the end, it's all dim. You know, that's how he seemed at the end of these things. And, um, you know, I think if he had a chance to do it all over again, he would have chosen maybe to do things a little bit differently.
0: Yeah.
1: And maybe he would have left. Maybe he would have retired sooner than that. I'm not really sure. But
0: seriously, Merle, to retire at 55 is to retire extremely young.
1: Yeah, but. You wouldn't,
0: I mean, knowing what you know now, of course, oh yeah, I would have retired at 45. Of course, if you knew that you were gonna die at 55, of course. But dude, seriously, for him to even consider retiring at 55, I think is like, I I, when you mentioned that, I was like, wow, that was kind of a gutsy move in and of itself.
1: It was. However, I would say this, that if you are in a situation where all your time is taken up at work and you have no energy left when you come home to your family and you feel that you're, you see that your health is declining as a matter of that, there's nothing more precious than that. Uh, I I hear what you're saying as well. And this is, these aren't easy things. You you just can't make those kinds of decisions off the cuff. You've really got to think about it. But as I look at my father's life and I think about what he had gone through, um, of course, it, 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 it's easier for me to look back and say, "Hey, I would I would have done things differently." Mm-hmm. But I certainly have lived my life differently as a result of of looking at him, mm-hmm. and knowing that my health and my well being, my peace, my peace of mind, my family, uh, sometimes has to trump what I'm doing uh, as a career. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to make changes. And I say retire, that doesn't mean that you stop working. That just means he, he's retiring from that position and looking for something else, looking mm-hmm. for something that maybe gives him a better quality of life.
0: Yeah, and that's very interesting, very interesting. I have some interesting thing that's gone has go- gone on with me this week and but also, you know Lisa talks about this all the time about her father dying, just as yours did, just as mine did before they enjoyed retirement. And uh, the amount of stress that she endures, it's uh, her job is very consuming. And should she retire from that and do something that is more, mm, less stressful for her that she enjoys? That's something that uh, her and I discuss all the time. Myself, I I always preach about doing what you enjoy. And I've had the good fortune of being able to go through college, pursuing what I am best at and what I enjoy and having made a lifetime career out of that. I feel very, very blessed about it. You are and doubling down on that Merle. I've been, and I've mentioned this to some extent in the recent past that uh, I've been putting out feelers for remote work, uh, Different, whether it's contract work or whatever, and in different regards where I've, you know, I've just always thought about it because being my, a business owner on my own for the last 30 years, there's a lot that I do every day that I hate uh, that the bureaucracy that comes with it, the business development that comes with it and paperwork and different things like that. What do I love? I love two things equally and that's the content marketing That that promotes a a business, increases its SEO, and in turn it's part of a lead generation program. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's building the business in that regard via online marketing. The other thing that I love is the graphic design, the branding of things via visual graphic design. And so I've been pursuing senior graphic design positions and content marketing. Uh, positions too. And I just had an, my first corporate interview in 30 years yesterday.
1: Really? Yeah. How did how, you feel?
0: Oh, I was very well prepared. And that's actually something that I wanted to talk a, a little bit about to benefit our audience. Uh, Lisa had me, so overly prepared, uh, but I'm very well prepared for future. Uh, subsequent interviews with this company. Right. Uh, so this was with the initial recruiter. And it was a canned interview that uh, a lot of uh, ambiguous questions like, how do you handle ambiguity? That was the question I was like, wow, <laughs> that spans quite a bit. But uh, I ended up saying that I I view it from putting myself in the position of my career. I would say ambiguity to me means when I don't get the results that I'm looking for from programmers that I am bringing on in my team or another team member, then I know that it's because I didn't communicate the goals. Well enough, I was ambiguous. So Mm
1: -hmm. that's all
0: I can control. Mm -hmm. And so I need to tighten up those things. If it's me not knowing what is expected of me from a client or something, then I have to ask more questions. And, uh, and if I'm not getting answers, if it's still ambiguous, then I have to define it for myself and we'll see how we go from there. I've been in all of these circumstances, so I'm not blowing smoke. Um, right. right. So there's a lot of, uh, uh, questions like that, but anyways, so I'm feeling out this company as they're feeling out me. Cause I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not going to take anything that I, I, it has to, I have, I am pursuing another upper level of doing what I want to do in my third yeah. act. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I want to do exactly. I'd be freaking so happy to get out of bed in the morning because I right love on. what I yeah. do. Yeah. And, um, boy, it got better and better. As the interview went on She's really talking about the culture there, how, how amazing it is. Uh, she came from a toxic company and came here. And this is the, uh, a company I don't want to give too much away. I want to leave it private, but, um, they are very much about sustainability and a close second is their employees there are 13,000 employee global company that considers themselves wow. 13,000 entrepreneurs hmm. and that's why they asked me for an interview is because i'm an entrepreneur right and right then she went on to say if you're asked to do some stuff a little outside the scope of what you know would be uh, your job description. I'm like, Whoa, I'm like, I'm all about that. I said, because the one thing I can't do is if I'm going to do content marketing, I can't just leave behind the senior graphic design level of branding that I do. They're intertwined. They overlap so much and they get you to the same place. I love both equally. Boy, she loved that. And they, I could tell the company loves that. So and then at the very end, I never said anything. I never asked. The company is based in Solon. I couldn't see myself driving out to Solon every day, wouldn't oh, I? Right. Yeah, last thing she, at the very end, without any problems, she's like, So, and she asked me about being a self starter. I'm like, 30 year uh, business owner on my own. Yes, I'm a self starter. I mean, to say the least. Um, and at the end, she goes, Well, okay, I want you to know this is for the most part a remote position. And uh, but you could come in on occasions for this, that, and the other. And I'm like, oh my god, yes. I everything about this, I'm really jazzed. So wow, we'll see where this goes. Great. Hey, but I got some what? other irons in the fire that it's competing against too. And I'd say I'll just blurt out one because I haven't gotten a call back. I've more I barely started working on them, but the Cleveland Orchestra. There's mm. something really right up my alley that I'm uh, excited about that I want to check out. But yeah, you're gonna say something. I wanted to I talk was, more about the questions I prepared for.
1: Well, I was gonna say that question about being asked to do something outside of your 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 specific area of expertise isn't that really the. Um, the DNA of an entrepreneur. Anyhow, That's why I mean, they
0: asked. And, and I elaborated on everything with her. Like I had a great phone call with her. It was very relaxed. It was really, you know, I told her about the whole difference between we've talked about on the show. There's so much about what we've talked about on the show that filtered into the interview.
1: Isn't things that interesting? That, things
0: that I've learned from you that you've talked about on Ah. the show. Um, But uh, so she was talking about uh, being asked what to do and stuff like that. And I said, you know, there are different kinds of teams. I don't want to be on a team where somebody cites their job description. And that this is not in my job description when you're trying to reach a common goal. I and, and I talked about toxic teams and how that would just permeate from the top. And it creates anxiety throughout a marketplace leading from fear. And she goes, ah, she goes, you hit on that. I came from a company like that. And I mm. said, see, and you know what happens if you stay there long enough, It'll it'll wear on you. It'll wear you down. And then yeah. you start thinking that you're, that's all you're worth. And she's like, you're exactly right. She goes, I've been here five months and it's night and day. And she sold me on this and I, but I get it, man. I've seen it all. I've seen yeah. it all. And, uh, but I just had the best feeling about it. I'm really excited. So we'll so see what, where it goes.
1: Question for you, Barry. Why, why make a move like that into uh, into a corporate environment after My gosh, what thirty years Mm -hmm. of uh, doing this
0: on excellent question? Because I'm on my third act, and I want to do. I'm asking myself, what do I really want to do? And Mm -hmm. what I really want to do is focus on the stuff I enjoy most. And as I said earlier, as a business owner, and it just that you know, God only knows, we could be talking about this a few months from now, and I'm going to be going. You know what? I've picked up some great new clients. I'm liking what I'm doing. I'm going to put that other thought on hold for a while.
1: Maybe that'll
0: happen. I don't know. But where I'm at right now is like I said, I just think about what do I like most? And it's the content marketing and the branding design that go together to build businesses. I just freaking love that. So if I could get out of bed in the morning and know, simply that these kinds of projects that I have to work on where I'm at as a business owner, it's just a cluster in your head of all these different little freaking things. I got to get out of the way in order to work on a couple (laughs) of projects that get me in the right direction. It's really very difficult to be perfectly honest. So like I said, it's the third act I want to do what I, and so, you know, just to put this up against what we were talking about with your dad retiring at 55, I'm more excited than ever about taking a leap forward in my opinion and with what I want to do. Cause like your father wanted to leave corporate America in order to do something that he wanted to do more, a passion. Lisa's mm-hmm. kind of in that same boat. I'm going in reverse that I've already done all that. And now I want to be able to f- hyper focus more on what I want to do for my third act and create, and just, and I see this as a year long contract and I am going to, I'm going to blow them out of the water. And the, that's, see, it's how I'm seeing it though. I see it as one right, year contract. Right. And at yeah. the end of that year, it's going to be like, Holy crap. Now I got that on my resume as I may possibly be looking to use that for my next contract
1: gotcha gotcha
0: super high level you know
1: i can see the excitement that you have about this and you know there's something to be said about uh following your heart too Mm. when your heart is into something like this there's a there's there's inspiration there there's uh there's a a a knowingness a, a path that you appear to be on here so uh, very excited, really
0: Barry. I got yeah. more news too, but I just wanted to mention and I want you to chime in on this because I'm surprised you never went over this because of your experience with uh, going from uh, different career moves. But I think it's because it's second nature to you that you overlook it. So what I'm talking about is being prepared with different hard questions, which is what Lisa did with me because she's pretty very adept at this questions like Uh, First of all, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, dude, if you're not prepared for that little story, you're gonna be buddy 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 fumbling your way through that and that there's nothing attractive about fumbling your way through that so (laughs) be prepared
1: with Well, that's your elevator pitch, you know what I'm saying is that that's, uh, that's the thing that you can uh, either Uh, keep very short like on an elevator ride or you can expand on but that's the thing you're right you've got to have that down pat if you don't have that you're just you, womp, womp, you're out yeah. of there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable, you make the other person uncomfortable. Everybody's right. uncomfortable. Bad right. interview. Yep. So be prepared. Um, in my case, I would get the question for sure. Why do you now want to go back to corporate? So I, I'm not going to bother with my answers. In my opinion, they're a little personal anyway. Just going to go through some very important questions. Here's a, a big question. Stress, stress and pressure. Describe a stressful work situation and how I handled it. Mm -hmm. So think about those Mm -hmm. for yourself.
1: Mm. Uh, That is a common one.
0: uh, All of these that are coming up, when you think about it from your own personal personal, uh, perspective, it will make you very uncomfortable to answer that when you're not prepared. All right, Mm -hmm. next one. Mm -hmm. Challenge slash goal success. Example of a goal I attained and how I attained it. And on the opposite end, example of a goal I didn't hit and how I handled it. That's mm. the hard one. Mm-hmm. When you want to admit your failure to someone and how you handle it. Mistakes. Have you ever made a mistake? <laughs> how did you handle it? <clears throat> I start with, I make mistakes on a daily basis, but then you got to do some proper self-introspection on <laughs> popular decision. What's a very unpopular decision you made, you know, within your team or whatever. And how did you handle it? Disagreements. You ever disagree with the supervisor, ever disagree with a client? Uh, How did you handle those things? Uh, Prioritization and deadlines. How do you handle those? Uh, And teamwork and motivation. And I left that kind of vague, but I I was prepared with that one. And I did end up using a lot of that in my conversation yesterday. Most of this stuff... I didn't even need for my conversation yesterday because I guess it was pretty preliminary with the recruiter, but I still will Assuming she was talking like I'm going to be talking with the hiring manager next, like probably next week. She was and talking.
1: at the same time being prepared with those very difficult questions. A lot of those are, you know, they're thought provoking and you don't want to answer those off the cuff. You want to be, you want to be prepared for those types of questions and being prepared for that gives you confidence when you go into those situations, even if they don't ask those questions, you know, that you have those up your sleeve.
0: And, and you hit the nail on the head, because if you come into that with the confidence of knowing of that preparedness, then you can have a very heartfelt conversation. And it's comfortable and they walk away from that feeling good about you because you were comfortable. They were comfortable. Yeah. Like I said, if you're nervous, they're nervous. And
1: there's something to be said for being prepared for those types of questions coming into this situation, but it's a two-way street as well. I mean, you, the interview, at least the way that I look at it is that you're, you're just as much interviewing them as they are interviewing you.
0: Absolutely. And the
1: the thing is, is that you don't want to be working for a company that, oh, surprise. Oh, here's another surprise that you weren't prepared for because you didn't ask the questions on the front end.
0: Right no, very true. And I was uh, getting more feedback about them than I ever thought I would, and got really excited, uh, very pleasantly surprised. I, um, I gotta tell you, that was a very good experience. On some of those my... questions
1: that you asked are questions that you can mirror back to them as well. Like what, it, how do you handle ambiguity? How does the company, what's the company culture regarding that? What what are some of the things that uh, you thought were the direction of the company, but you found out that these decisions actually didn't work out? Those are, those are good questions to understand how they mitigate through problems, because you know, depending on your style, you really want to know those things before you come into a situation. And then just like on your own side, you make mistakes. Companies are made of people who make mistakes. And it's interesting to understand how they do this. You know, a great attitude that you and I both have is we can learn from mistakes, but not every culture looks at it that way.
0: That's very interesting. That was really good advice. And I'm going to add uh, most certainly Assuming I get the next uh, round of interview with the hiring manager, I'm going to take your advice because uh, like the question, as you said, as you brought up, like the question about ambiguity, that did leave a hint about the culture like they're mm-hmm. they're basically saying hey man we could be pretty ambiguous here right uh, how do you handle that so yep. it's like you're right turn that back on no, how I, and do I'm you handle
1: to, that no, i'm
0: going <laughs> to that's really good advice
1: yeah yeah I had, and you um, want to be you want to be diplomatic about how you do like you wouldn't want to say it the way i just said it but yeah, yeah
0: you're right diplomacy we, is her everything. and i had a bit of a conversation about that and that's where it led to teams like if you have a team of solid people that are not past the buck and throw you under the bus type people. You got people that pick up the slack that are like, Mm -hmm. I got your back. I want to impress you next time that we talk with my end of things, you know, that kind of stuff. Like you want to impress each other. You don't want to let your team down. You've, you've used those exact words in the, in the past. I don't want to let my team down. That's the kind of team I want to be on. And that's another thing is I spend too much time alone. When I talk about working on teams, they're too few and far between. And I want, I want to that. work yeah. with more teamwork at this point yeah. in my life because mm-hmm. it's motivating It gets you out of bed in the morning. It's fun. It,
1: it really is. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was, uh, this, this funny, I was going through a lot of my stuff and, uh, I found, uh, this, uh, uh, award that I had won back in high school, my senior year, we won the, uh, 3,200 meter relay, the two mile relay. And I was on that relay team and, uh, I still have that award. And this was, uh, this was for the suburban league championship, but I just started to think back on how fun it was as compared to it, it's great winning the 800 meter relay. I, I, uh, that was a race that I ran many, many times, but winning that with three other guys, yeah, there was there just being a part You're of that team. That. Yeah, it's tripled. Just,
0: the, the whole effect is tripled.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. And, and that was like, what, 40 years ago. Uh, but still, it seems like yesterday. And, and in business, it's the same thing. It's funny how sports and business uh, can very much have similar experiences
0: oh dude that's so underestimated especially today in the age of helicopter parenting and participation trophies is how sports in high school will teach you adversity it teaches you it, it teaches you how the hard work pays off in the end it teaches you how to win and lose you know
1: I just want to bring this up and I'm not trying to veer off too far here but something that I learned in football that has Again, just to your point, uh, they used to drill this into our heads was that you have to play in the moment. And if you are thinking about the last play, whether it was good or bad, but in, yes. in particular, they were really focusing on bad. Say you got burnt uh, by your opponent you on know the last play.
0: In football, in the NFL, they talk about that mostly with cornerbacks.
1: I was a they, cornerback. Oh, and, I didn't and know so
0: cornerback, and yeah, so what would happen if you got burnt
1: that. on that last play? They scored a touchdown on you, the guy got behind you and, and made that spectacular to come and back after galloped you galloped into the end zone, yeah, and now they know. That your head is you're you're condemning yourself. You're beating yourself yeah. up. They're gonna give you maybe a different look and come right at you again. Yeah. This is a lesson in life. You have to play in the moment. You have to get rid of what happened a moment ago and play in the moment. And that is such a metaphor for life. Uh, your your enemy can beat you that way. Your enemy is that's the strategy of any enemy, any opponent, any any. Um, a uh, 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 competition that you have—it's so funny. I, I, in my career, so many times I've—I've there's—I've been in an industry, I've been in an industry where a lot of the same guys I compete against—we all know each other, and uh, it's kind of fun to, to the different com, com competitions that we have. And sometimes I see the same looks, sometimes I see different looks. It's just like playing football; it's wow. the same thing.
0: That is cool. No, it, it's it's so... I mean, your uh, personal life as well. Yeah, it's so understated. The lessons that we can learn from sports to yep. apply and, and during our formative years. That's the important part. It is important.
1: You're exactly yeah. right.
0: So I had another great success story this week that is still unfolding. Uh, very exciting. And uh, you're going to, to some extent, recognize Oh, I was
1: going to ask you about this.
0: But, yeah, So syndicate of sounds had a minor unveiling two nights ago at, um, this is the horizontal version and reversed out version of the logo that I did. And God, I can't tell you how thrilled they are. And I am as well. This is part of what I mean by I can't give up the design aspect, the visual design aspect of branding. I just Mm -hmm, can't. mm -hmm. It's a passion. And, um, That's
1: that's money right there. I'm telling you the way that that looks very, very nice job. I, I, I didn't have a, I wanted to write something on Facebook about it, but I didn't have the right words in my head, but, you know, I can remember going into, um, music studios and like in a in like a record store or something where I'm outside you hear it but you go into that sound room and it's like quadraphonic sound all around it and it envelops you that logo causes me to feel that I, that's what I feel when I see that uh, your logo there you did a great Thank job you. on that
0: Boy, if that is a great segue into the explanation of what took place on Wednesday night. Um, I'm gonna share this. So at the music box downtown on the west bank of the flats, the music box is uh, how do I want to describe this? It's a nightclub, it's kind of like dinner, dinner theater, if you could see this. Uh, a dinner theater, nightclub ish atmosphere. And um They specialize in uh, doing very intimate uh, audiences Uh, and it'll be like uh, uh, mostly a baby boomer boomer crowd. You can see this stage right here and you see the tables right here and they have a lot of different rooms with a lot of, and this is the room that I was in the other night. Unfortunately, this is too small. This one's bigger, but. You just see this stage, really. But this is a big box of a room. And it was Mm -hmm. built out to be particularly like this because it's about the best acoustical setting in Cleveland. And uh, this is where we had our little event on Wednesday, which, as it turns out, was specifically for friends and partners of the Syndicate of Sounds. So it was an introduction to us just so we can experience the product and tell people and start getting the word out the big unveiling. I didn't know this until Wednesday night, the big unveiling is February 4th, uh, Friday, and I will be there for that as well. That's where the logo will be debuted, it will be to the public and all of this. So anyways, so I go into this place, see if I have another um, photo like that. Not that it matters. Yeah, here's one of the room again. That's that's the room we were in. And um, there's six speakers lining the ceiling up there, the black area of the ceiling all around Mm -hmm. you. And okay, it was explained to us surround sound as we know it, you put your headphones on, you hear stuff in the left, then you hear stuff in the right. And it sounds like the voice is coming down the middle. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what we call surround sound that we've known thus far. They Uh, So they started with a song by Steely Dan. Steely Dan has a lot of different instruments in the band, kind of soft, jazzy rock. So good place to start. And they played it in the surround sound of their beautiful system. One of the best in Cleveland. And it's like, okay, okay. And then he says, and now this is with our proprietary new sound system from Syndicate of Sounds. And oh, my God, Merle, all six of those speakers were playing different instruments coming out. Really interesting. It was amazing. So then they did the same thing. He's like, okay, let's uh, go with some super classic rock. Let's do the song Bad Company by Bad Company. And plays about the first 20 seconds in typical surround sound. Uh Then plays the whole song in the syndicate of sound system. Holy crap. Now it's a simple song. It's like a four-piece, right, right. your typical four-piece band. You got your drums, your bass, and your guitar, and a voice. And and yet it was like you heard a whole nother depth you never heard before.
1: It, it was so it was like the sound coming from uh, like the the vocals coming from one speaker, the, the guitar, the drums, yes. everything is coming from different speakers. And
0: then when it needed to, it would fade into one to the other. Oh. Now the third and final one. <laughs> uh, whole that's lot of love, whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. Oh boy! No, oh my God! I'm not kidding you. So they play the first 20 seconds or so in the surround, and then they play it in this new thing. And if you can get that song in your head, dude. Yeah, I had tears in my eyes. I not- <laughs> that's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> by one of my favorite bands ever. And I it was like I never heard it before.
1: That is really, really it something.
0: Was, it blew my socks off. So <sighs> I can't wait for the further developments of this. And I'm just really honored to be on the ground floor of this. Now, I want to say next week, you're not going to be here. And our special guest host is going to be Mark Tennant, uh, old friend and partner of mine. He's the one that brought me in. He's a partner on Syndic- Syndicate of Sounds. He's the one that brought me in to do the branding, and we're going to really take an in-depth dive on this. Amongst the
1: Wow. Ones. You know, um, it's really cool that you are on the ground floor of this whole mm-hmm. thing. And at the same time, the way technology is advancing regarding this type of entertainment is really something. You mentioned that you had tears in your eyes. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about my, my new television and just the, I had <sighs> tears in my eyes watching one of these Marvel <laughs> movies and it just, I couldn't Guardians believe. Of the galaxy. I couldn't believe what I what I was seeing there and and then it's it is really something what's next I mean how <laughs> how, holograms. How, do we, how do we holograms yeah, you know, I, I, the, the holodeck exactly yeah uh, it's yeah. going to be I mean Dude. we're 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 speeding into that direction right now and when you already have a lot of the elements of that ready to roll the
0: further we get along the more I believe we're already living in the holodeck
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of lot to unpack on that one, but absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right. So we did a kind of an extended version of our upfront part of the show. We can go in a lot of different directions. And I just wanted to ask where you wanted to go with this. Did you want, uh, I don't, you know what? I just looked in my notes and I did not take down much as far as current events went. Read a whole lot of interesting stuff and listened to a whole lot of interesting podcasts throughout the week. I just didn't take notes, but I could talk about them.
1: Yeah, so um, I did send you the speech that Joe Biden gave on uh, Tuesday, I think, of this week. I don't know if you had a chance to see that, but it was all around this. New... I commented
0: back on that, right? What did he oh, say? I what did was
1: he talking... I did not see Maybe I missed it. it. It had everything to do with the new, uh, w- with this Voting Rights Act that they're oh. trying to pass in Congress right now. Did you happen to see that?
0: I guess I didn't. I, I mm. does not sound familiar. I think I totally missed it.
1: Well, I mean, I know uh, what
0: you're talking about. It's a bunch of crap. I mean, if you just simply get uh, everybody an ID. And if you have an ID, you vote simple. It's not it's racist to say to to say that there are people in this country that can't get an ID because they're too dumb or something.
1: You, you know, it is something when you think about this, um, the, the point is they're trying to make this seem like it's a racist thing Always. to require IDs at the at Always. the voter booth, which is, I don't understand how you can say that when we need IDs for just about everything nowadays, um, even to, to buy alcohol. Voting's
0: pretty IDs. damn important. If you yeah. need an ID to buy alcohol, cigarettes or board a plane, then why wouldn't you need an ID to vote for such an important thing in this country? So did, do you, I mean, what are you,
1: why would they not want IDs for, for voting then? Why, why would that, that's that's obvious.
0: They need every lowest common denominator for a vote that they can possibly get. And the more ambiguity they can put uh, into the system, the better off they'll be.
1: Well, what we've seen here recently is a couple of big moves over the last week. Number one is in New York City, the new mayor that came in to replace de Blasio signed into law the ability for uh, for non citizens to vote in the city elections. That's the first time this has ever happened in the country's history.
0: I don't Uh, even see how that should be constitutional. I know the Constitution is a framework, but. So I guess I shouldn't put it in that regard. But I think it's a bastardization of the spirit of the Constitution. It I agree be with that. It an honor to vote, to tell you the truth.
1: Well, and why would we open that up to non-citizens when it's really the, the voting and citizenship go hand in hand? Uh, yeah, but not obvious. to be... Not to be outdone, uh, Governor Newsom here in California uh, presented a new bill to the legislature here that would give free health care to non-citizens, and that the makes whole no sense. What California, which is uh, going to cost billions of dollars, which Taxpayers. has uh, uh, that that really has the. Potential of destroying the entire state and putting the state into bankruptcy. Um, and that has a domino effect on property values and business uh, value as well here in California. So, but with the legislature here in California being about 95% Democrat. And there are reasons for that, not because that's that's representative of the state, but the way that the state politics are run, that's why it is the way it is. There's a good chance that this can happen. So now we go back to this voting act that we're looking at, and you wonder, well, why would we not want to require ID for the privilege to vote and you can see here that if we're giving away if we're just going to give away things as a party then and 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 you don't require id to vote then anybody can vote whether they're citizen or non-citizen so the other thing that this um this act would uh would uh, cause to happen is the mail in voting would be a norm for all 50 states. No state would be in charge or have any control over what would happen during the election process. Even districts. Senate districts, um, con- congressional districts would be at the control of the federal government. This gives complete control over the of, the of the electoral process to the federal government, and this is all presented by Joe Biden earlier this week because what they're saying is that our democracy is under a severe threat, and they bring that back to the whole thing that happened last January 6th, that this was an insurrection, that this they're was a They're beating that
0: to death. I mean, they really hanging, are. They're hanging their last hat on that, and that's going to come up in, uh, again, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they've done uh, test studies with common people. Uh, this I was just listening to on Crystal and Sager this morning, maybe, or maybe it was last night, but uh, they were talking about, testing like soccer moms. And they're like, so what do you think? And weeks after Jan- January 6th, last year, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, what do you think of January 6th? And long pause. And finally, somebody says, what about January 6th? Not knowing not putting it together. It, it means are you paying attention to? Yeah. There? Okay. Yeah. Um, not putting it together at all. January 6th is not registering to them. And, and yet the Democrats have been trying to turn this into both 9-11 and Pearl Harbor ever since it happened. You're and right. It's not registering with people.
1: Yeah, you're right. Well, it's interesting that you say that because during this speech, I watched it. I sent you a copy of it. You might want to check this out because I could not believe what I was seeing. First off, it was a half an hour speech at a... Uh, at a college down in, uh, in Atlanta. And uh, there's Joe Biden speaking. He had just visited the gravesite of Martin Luther King. You know, it's Martin Luther King Day coming up on Monday. And they wanted to have this vote on um, this Voter Rights Act on Monday in, in, in Congress. Uh, obviously, because what they're equating this to is the the right to vote and that Black people have had their rights uh, suppressed to vote. Uh, And that's really the big point that they're making. Number one is a coup has happened, um, that uh, these powerful people are trying to take over America and that Black people have had their their voting rights suppressed and i gotta tell you barry i i that narrative i don't see that whatsoever i'm not am uh, not seeing people, this at all most people uh, don't see but it. during the speech uh to really drive it home biden says this this is a quote um do you want to be this on the side of dr king or george wallace do you want to be on the side of john lewis or bull connor do you want to be on the side of abraham lincoln or jefferson davis um i mean this is if you don't agree with this voting rights act then you are jefferson davis who Was the president of the Confederate government or Bull Connor, That's who was thing. in charge of uh, uh, public safety down they're in Alabama. Toned, He's the one that turned the hoses and the dogs on the, on the Martin Luther King's protesters.
0: They're toned up. They just don't realize this is falling flat, that it's not working. And uh, there's, I, they were talking again. They're thinking about putting Hillary back out there as a candidate for the 2024 election.
1: Well, as a result, what they're saying, and this was a uh, the linchpin of the speech, is that Congress should get rid of the, I'm sorry, the Senate should do away with the filibuster. Now, the filibuster is a parliamentary procedure that gives the mi- minority the ability to stop a vote on a particular subject. This has been a part of our senate procedures since 1806 so it's not like this is a a new thing that we're getting rid of but what this what it requires is for 60 uh, 60 uh, uh, member threshold in order to pass something like this into law well they know that they don't have the votes they don't have 60 votes in the senate to pass this voting rights law so what they want to do is get rid of that in order to have that uh, uh, 51 to 50 vote with, with uh, Vice President Harris being the tiebreaker on this. This is the, in history, this is the tightest that our Senate has been divided 50-50 with the Vice President being the tiebreaker. And what they wanna do is they wanna change your society, change our society based on that slim, slimmest of majorities. And what this would do was it is it would give the federal government charge over the states. And it's interesting too. Tom Cotton actually summed it up pretty well where he was saying, you know, uh, that think about it, the narrowest majority in Senate history wants to break the Senate rules to control how voters in every state elect senators. Could there be a better argument to preserve the Senate rules, customs, and and traditions? I mean, this is how the Senate actually gets voted in. So now they're in charge of how they get voted in. It's uh pretty, yeah. it's the Fox guard in the hen house.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Hey, I got uh, something kind of, interesting for you this is a brand new hot off the press baltimore's top prosecutor democrat Marilyn mosby who's been in the news a lot here this week is indicted on charges of perjury making false mortgage applications for florida florida summer homes using covid relief Kamala, of course, praised her for always doing the right thing. And there's Kamala and uh, Marilyn Mosby just chumming it up right there. Wow. How did she get elected? That oh, is and crazy. You know about her letting that dude off like two days ago, uh, a guy that is charged with arson. Uh, his girlfriend and her family were in the house, this apartment building. It looked like small one. And he goes over there with a can of gasoline and a match and sets the whole building on fire. He's uh, charged with 11 counts of attempted murder. She lets him off after six months in prison. And even he said, I should still be in prison. She's all (laughs) kinds of a mess, all Uh. kinds of a mess.
1: Um, that it, no kidding. I mean, and and we've just seen just calamity after calamity where she's actually behind this, and um, and it's funny that Kamala would would praise us. You know, um, we saw Kamala on Good Morning America this past week where she was being questioned, deer in the headlights. I mean, she's just it's really uh, struggling as a as a vice president. I want to go back to that last story I was talking about because I actually had a couple other things to talk about on that. One is that um, so so this isn't going to happen. Uh, the uh, the that vote that I was talking about on Martin Luther King Day, uh, they're not going to they're not going to do it. Uh, Chuck Schumer actually said it's because of a snowstorm that's coming in, but we know it's actually because Kirsten Cinema. Uh, is saying that she's not going to stand. She's not going to vote uh, to to get rid of the uh, the filibuster, yeah. and so it's dead on arrival. That's just not going to happen. And what we've seen here is that several things on the Biden administration have come to failure this way. We saw last last month where it was the Build Back Better um, like fails, and they they quickly turn to the Voting Act, the Voting Rights Act. Uh, that fails. And at the at the exact same time, you're seeing the um, uh, Quinnipiac poll that just came out this week on Biden, where he's now uh, polling at 33 percent, which David is even heard 32 percent this 32. Oh, my gosh. It's just going down and down and down. We, and, we, and
0: no, no. Notice this, though. Note this is that this is while he's also got the whole mainstream media on his side. Trump yeah. was at these numbers with everybody against him.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, he, he had the whole world uh, really to do whatever he could. And now everything that he's touched has really turned to, you know, crap. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really, really bad. And the other thing, too, is you take a look at him and, boy, he just doesn't. He's he's you
0: talk about Biden
1: here. Yeah, I, I was listening to a speech, and he's slurring a bunch of his words. He he sounds like he just came back from a dental appointment, and he's yeah. got Novocaine going on. I mean, boy, it's a it's a picture of what's happening here in our country right now. Uh, things are things are not looking good uh, for this administration, and really for the country right now. This is a this is a terrible place, and now we've got some real issues that are happening the voting rights thing i don't know why that comes to the top of the pile for congress when we're taking a look at skyrocketing uh inflation that's happening
0: right and now two out of three companies are said to be um over and infl- falsely over inflating because they have the opportunity and excuse to, and because they're making record profits. Mm,
1: uh, you were talking about that last week on the, in the meat industry.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, the meat industry is just horrifying. But in, industries overall, Crystal Sagar been talking about that. That two out of three companies have shown to be making record profits while they're overinflating their prices. And they interviewed. They had an interview. This is this morning. I was listening to it somebody mm-hmm. representing, um, the fed, uh, what do you call that? The bankers, all the, the bankers, federal That's, reserve. Yes. Yeah. Somebody representing them and they just kept hammering him about, now well, how can this be? How can this be? is it this false overinflation? And he eventually said, well, it's because they can.
1: Well, sure. Sure, they can. <laughs> I mean, man. so
0: that's that that finally hit it on the head, dude. We got to take this country back. They're fleecing us in every which way. I say this every week. So, I don't care if it's the military industrial complex, the pharmaceutical industry, which is just a complete farce. And, uh, and they're partnered up with the um FDA, who, who doesn't even police them anymore, which is their job. They're basically the one and only job is to may uh validify testing and things like that and uh and and you know and then you got uh, what's going on with all this inflation the federal reserve i gotta tell you i still believe that bitcoin can straighten a lot of this out i really do but boy oh boy are you going to have all these bankers the entire federal reserve putting out so much misinformation about this and and, uh, and also try to legislate Against it, they'll do anything to stop Bitcoin, but it will take all the power out of their hands. And I think that, you know, it's kind of the way things have been going for a while with the internet, Uber, Uber privatized, made things independent, Airbnb, you know, which kind of screwed the taxi industry and different things like that, but it was better for the consumer, Airbnb. Did the same thing to the hotel industry, but made things better for the consumer and average everyday guy, things like this, they're all getting privatized boy I would like to see the banking uh, industry go this route for sure.
1: Yeah, it seems like the Federal Reserve, I, I mean, if you do any research on the Federal Reserve Bank, it, you're oh, going to be, be eyebrow raising because yeah. of what's really happening there and not no time to go into that right now. But no, to but your I point, do want to
0: say that people think that it's a government entity and it's not. It's a private entity. I'm it understand.
1: absolutely is. And if you take a look at where your tax dollars are going when it comes to the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, it's a scary thing. Um, but to your point, the uh, Bureau of Labor and uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics came out on the 12th. I guess that was two days ago that the consumer price index, which uh, reflects inflation from the perspective of uh, end consumers, rose 7% in the 12 months uh, through December, a level not seen since June 1982 when it hit 7.2%. So nearly 40 years. We're at an all time high here. And, yes. you know, a big problem that we've seen is that uh, we've really, we, the the feds printed a whole bunch of money and oh, they do uh, every that, day what that did was you know they, they they it put a whole bunch of money into the uh in into the public and now just like you're saying these companies can raise prices because they know that money is out there and they're getting that money it's a um, pain. Here, it is a game, and and they know this game, the feds knew this game, our government knows this game, they know that this happens every single time that we do stuff like this. A big problem is, I mean, it goes back decades and decades where our money used, our currency used to be backed by a gold standard. In other words, if you had a dollar in your hand, that dollar was representative of gold that the government had in, in Fort Knox. That went away, uh, I believe, in the early 70s and one, actually in the 60s. Once that went away, it made it possible for us to just print money willy nilly, and it makes our there's no stability to how our currency is is valued. Here now in it's California, only valued
0: on our reputation. As that's
1: exactly right. That's and exactly boy, right. That's, that's why things can go up and stream. down so yeah. quickly. Yeah, and especially as you start seeing the presidential uh um mm-hmm. you know polls that are at thirty three percent there's that's a confidence here in in our country it is, it is uh here in California. I just see a report here that just came out that over the last ten years uh our inflation rose eighteen percent eighteen percent with the highest inflation oh in the cost of housing over the last ten years uh the cost of housing has gone up. 59.8%.
0: Oh, my God. And, and what span of time?
1: But 10 years. Wow. Uh, so, so, and that's a lot of that is, um, and that's only until 2000, uh, I mean, 2020. So from 2010 to 2020, since then, things have skyrocketed. So things are, have gotten much, much worse. I just got my gas bill. Um, what we're seeing today, and this report goes on to talk about how um, typically we see uh, these these things in in certain areas, uh, the cost of food. Um, we see it in in other very typical areas, but now what we're seeing them in is uh, a, a different thing. We're seeing them in uh, energy prices, and. This is, and also transportation prices as well. If you want to buy a car right now, a used car in particular, it's unbelievable what you're seeing, Mm -hmm. but my gosh, I just got my gas bill and it's like three times higher than what it was a year ago. It's, It's unbelievable out there. So this is, this inflation, and this is why the president's polls are so low. This isn't a partisan thing. This is hitting everybody right where it counts. People are struggling. They're trying to figure out, how am I going to make this happen? Yes, wages have gone up, but they're not keeping up with, the, with, with inflation right now. So really, when you adjust uh, the, the wages to inflation, uh, we're losing. We're losing yeah. on this one.
0: It's all so manipulated. I, I just feel like we're always looking at a stack deck every day. Yeah. Yeah. every policy that's passed and it's bipartisan. Everything's yeah, you're a right. smoke screen. You're right. You know, all this crap. I mean, I, I even was talking earlier in this podcast about how the Democrats are dooming themselves, trying to look back on Hillary, like she's going to be a savior. What are they thinking? First of all, even bringing up Hillary's name, everybody hates her. <laughs> I know what, and, but, but she's part of the <laughs> system and they want part of the system back in, but again, it's bipartisan and, um, Man, all of the inside, the the stuff on inside trader uh, stuff that goes on with Congress, and especially Pelosi and her husband. But I was uh, very saddened to hear that Dan Crenshaw's name is on that list of uh, people in Congress that have been uh, capitalizing on making very aggressive stock purchases at advantageous times, outperforming even the hedge fund managers of Mm. Wall Street. Mm.
1: So how hard would it be though if you're in Congress and you have access to that type of information? Not to, I mean, it's legal for them to do this, not I to actually it's just invest. yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I anyway, agree with you. you. The, you the know, laws
0: you, are bad. The laws are you know, yes. adjusting. Sagar put it great. Nobody in their families can do that, but you can invest in mutual funds. There you go. That's fair. Right, yeah,
1: you know, so it's, you're not it's,
0: out of the market, but you're just playing on the same playing field that everybody else is.
1: Well, and you look at what's the motivation for being, you know, an elected official in in Congress, and you know, unfortunately, these are the things that attract unscrupulous people it is
0: unfortunate because dude to make 175 a year to do something like if your heart is in it that you feel like you're doing the country and the world some good doing your part i think that's a damn good life right there i do too yeah, uh,
1: but unfortunately, the, the we've talked about many times that the lobbyists that are out there, the the financial gain that can be had, and what you're thinking about is your family, your kids, and how you could provide a a, a a a nest egg for them in the future. These things, um, this type of temptation has got to be overwhelming.
0: Well, and it's insidious too. When you got just the right lobbyist that's saying man, I can't wait to back uh, your bill here because I'm all about it. It's good for the kids. It's good for the environment. And really what they're doing is already setting you up to get your vote on the next thing coming down. So, you know, it's insidious. It's a slow burn.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I see that as well.
0: All right, Uh, do you want to lighten this thing up here? Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's see. Where was I? Uh, I had a couple things. Oh, let's see. Um, I got to remember to share the sound on this one. A woman saves these kids. And Colorado. I got two things from Colorado. Is this hmm. it? Can you see this?
1: I can see it. Yep.
0: Yeah. A okay. woman is being called a hero this morning after rescuing three children from an icy pond. Dusty Talavera was looking
1: out her apartment window when she saw the kids fall in. So she ran outside and pulled two of the children from hmm. the water But as she tried to grab the six-year-old girl, the ice gave way and Talavera fell in too, thankfully. That girl's cousin came out through Talavera a rope and helped pull them both to safety. I just kind of put some shoes on and ran out. I just knew that nobody, you know, nobody was really outside, so I mean, I was gonna, it was me, you know? I just knew it was me that had to do it.
0: What she did did was amazing. We were... (laughs) back at the fire station talking about how brave she was how great great the officers did and gosh i hope if this happened to one of mine that somebody like her was close by oh that's uh, oh my gosh barry
1: i love how the guy uh was choked up right there i i'm kind of choked up here anytime i see people crying on tv it makes me cry
0: oh <laughs> big big guy like that, police captain, I'm sure, and uh he has kids. Really think about he has like kids. So what, it hits the- home. The
1: love uh that's in your heart to cause you to uh, to risk your life this woman to risk her life like that, and then actually to go in the water herself,
0: risk uh, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah people die very quickly that way, and um this is uh wow, wow yeah. she was everybody was so fortunate that there it, were people paying attention it, right it there. just
0: look to me the circular man-made structure that it was it would be very easy to not be able to get out of that thing. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't like you're claw- clawing up the shoreline. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, hey, I got no another way. one from California. We'll wind this thing up and go into the after show. Uh I said California. Another one from uh Colorado, I should say. A man in Colorado anonymous, anonymously purchased a special guitar for a young boy who visited the store often just to play this guitar. And I got this picture of this guy uh over the last couple of years. Fallon would travel over an hour to visit JB Hart Music Company in Grand Junction from his home in Montrose. His request each time was to play the Pantera guitar meaning the Dean Dimebag Daryl ML guitar, in quotes. We were shocked he knew some Dimebag riffs spokesperson spokesperson for jb hart uh said and fallon who has williams syndrome has an excellent knowledge and a love for music his dream was to own this guitar and uh let's see eight months ago while he was in the store playing it a customer took notice of fallon it moved the customer so much that he returned to the store later purchased the guitar and asked the music shop to give it to Fallon anonymously the next time he came in. Quote, however, we didn't see Fallon until today, the store wrote on a Facebook post in December of 21. We tried to find him, but to no avail. Today, his family came into the store, and we learned that he moved to Texas and returned this week to visit. Still in quotes, it's a wonderful experience to gift Fallon his dream guitar as a gift from the kind stranger. His mom burst into tears, and Fallon beamed with excitement, is a special moment. There are still good people in this world. And I just love that story. And what I love most about it is anonymous donor. There is one of the 82 principles in the Tao Te Ching is that anytime that you try to do a good deed, but take credit for it. It undoes the good deed, Mm. you know, to do Mm. something anonymously to do it without wanting recognition is a true gift. That's a true selfless gift. So I just thought that was terrific. Both of those are Colorado. Absolutely.
1: Wow. I wanted to take
0: notice of something when you were talking a little while ago, about, Oh, about the housing prices in California. And you kept saying, and here we got this and that, I kind of wanted to stop you and say, just think in a week or two, you're going to be saying, and there in California,
1: I could be an observer and not a participant.
0: Yeah. Isn't that funny?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, these are things that as I look at them, I think, wow, this is why this is why this is happening. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's bittersweet. You know, I mean, I, I, there's so many things I love about living here That's and true. I feel like it's been ripped out of my hands. Uh, and so there's, there's definitely anger around this whole thing, uh, but, uh, also relief at the same time. So.
0: I totally got it. Every emotion that you can have has to be wrapped in that because of your kids being there and uh, Scott, a big your deal other. And yeah, yeah, there's, you, you set up roots, you set yeah. up real roots. Yeah so and not so. to mention it's
1: ab- there's so many absolutely beautiful things about this this place sure. it's a, it's a paradise and uh I'm definitely going to miss it but uh I'm looking forward to the new things that are on the horizon.
0: You got a whole new brilliant chapter ahead of you a lot of adventures I can't wait to hear about it and with as I
1: say the best is yet to come
0: oh that's a fact and with that uh do understand Merle's not going to be here next week but we do have an action-packed episode already in the works so please join us and uh actually can't wait for Merle to be back in 2 weeks. It'll be very exciting. So catch that and if you want to catch the after show stay with us. If you're watching via YouTube, it'll come up the, the link for it'll come up the little thumbnail right on your left there. See you next week everybody. Go to over50startingover.com and sign up and you'll catch all of our shows there. See you in the after show. Merle.